The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of MC5's Wayne Kramer. Active Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Kareen, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Fuck You Togar episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 772, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the Windows-loving, PC-loving, Mac-hating, wonderful people at... True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. In case you're wondering why, where that intro came from, Snowy, yeah. I posted a picture <laughs> of my posters that I sent you, right? right uh, like that, right. I got my posters hung up. And uh, Mr. Coffee Bean Ocalta comments on it. He's like, yeah, sometimes my desk looks like that. But unfor- he's like, but I'm not unfortunate enough to have a Mac on it, <laughs> you know, because he always oh. busts on me for being a Mac user. Yeah. So, of course, you know, I got to get in my digs now. But, mm. um, you know, to each their own. It's uh, it's really no big deal to me, whatever you use. <laughs> um, you know, if you choose to use inferior products like PCs, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Like, and and I honestly only say that shit because um, the people that hate Mac are so venomous about it. Like, I yeah. had one guy that was just sitting sitting in at work one day in front of me, and just laying into like Mac. Well, can't do this, can't do that, can't do that. Oh, it's completely inferior. I'm like, really. He's like, I'm like, well, what do you want to do on a Mac that you can't do? Oh, you can't do this, this, and this. I'm like, yes, you can. No, you can't. Yes, you can. I have a Mac. That's all been recent. Oh, well, I didn't know. Right. So you're full of shit. Well, now, now, now you do know. Yeah. It, it's, it's so funny that, like, the people that hate something hate something, but they're stuck in a year. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's and I think it's just in general, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about True Cold Coffee, T R V E K V L T, the hottest, blackest, most metal coffee in the world. Um, really, you know, Sean and I are good friends, and we love to rib each other. So please, nobody take any of that seriously because we yeah. just like to bust each other's balls. 
Um, I, I love him and his family, and that's just it. Like, this isn't some coffee conglomerate. This is a dude who has like 57 children. I think last week I said 37. My goal is going to be to keep increasing it every week. But, you know, 57 children him and his wife take care of. They may have, you know, adopted some. Who knows? You know, I, I think his, his real goal is he wants to have like, you know, 100, 150 kids. That way he has a pretty good shot of controlling like the Senate. You know, if he gets there a couple kids in every state, then they all yeah. get into um, – politics and stuff so that's really his secret plan that's what this all is it's it's all to fund his secret um, political plans to control the united states in 2052 (laughs) that's what's going on here but um you can help support that by going to truecallcoffee.com getting some coffee at the very least get on the mailing list man because they've got all kinds of cool interesting things they do whether it's coffee collaborations with cool bands or whether it's just wacky products, man. It's just a blast out there. So True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. So, man, what's going on, buddy? Well, with myself here, um, it has once again been another long Monday at my Clark Kent job. But was it but just another Manic Monday? It was. It was Did very Did you manic. wish it was a Sunday? I definitely wish it was a Sunday, yes. yes I believe that's your fun day. That is my fun day, yes. <laughs> I know this song quite well. Oh, I know. I yeah. know. That's what, make, that's what makes it even more fun. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, it just was not, it was not a fun day, but I'm sitting down and ready to rock here with, um, okay, our longtime listeners will know, okay, I have way too many mugs. You know, coffee mugs. That we had this discussion you know. last week. Uh, okay, like, yes. I'm surprised I'm none of your cabinets have collapsed under the weight of these yet. <laughs> true enough. True enough. One of the first mugs that I had that started the collection was an old school Ramones mug. Okay, which I kind of had to put into retirement because the handle broke off. I understand, but dude. Been I there. couldn't bring myself. To throw it out though so i just put it in retirement at the back of the cupboard but then i thought yeah you know with tonight's episode a handle or not i gotta bring it out of retirement have my true cult coffee in my old school ramones mug right now which i think is uh very apropos we are going to um doing a uh, deep dive into the classic well ramones movie rock and roll high school because for a couple reasons okay just last tuesday as we speak i had the good fortune of finally seeing said film in the theater gotta say hello and horns up to the good folks at the cinematech here in winnipeg every tuesday is their cult movie night and you're damn right i was going to catch rock and roll high school in the theater um i remember as i was walking out of the screen area into the lobby and i saw the young lady that was selling the tickets and sold me the popcorn and all that i went up to her i was like a kid in a candy store i was just like Thank you so much. Like, I have this movie memorized. I got it on DVD, but I just 
just wasn't old enough to catch it in the theater. And so finally, after all these years, and her face lit up and she said, well, I'm just I'm, I'm so glad that you got this experience and that we were here for you and all that. So you don't get that on Netflix. That's for damn sure. So exactly. Uh, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like going to the movie theaters, just like going to the record shop, you know, like it's it's that's the almost like the physical. I don't know, because it's it really isn't. But yeah, that that's that's the whole experience. So, yeah, I was really excited, really excited. Um, unfortunately, I was hoping since it was the last screening. OK. I was hoping maybe I would be like either the only one in the theater or maybe just two or three people. Okay. So I could sing along. I could talk along, you know, cause I've been, I've been to that theater, unfortunately, where I was the only one there. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you know, you can be as loud as you want. You can be as obnoxious as you want. You can talk along with the movie and all that. But the place was half full. That's great, though. Yeah, yeah. That was so good to see. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, but more importantly, 2024 is the 45th anniversary of Rock and Roll High School. A milestone year. So when you said, hey, you want to do this? I said, hell yeah. I think we need to. Not it's it, it's not just a want; it's a need. Oh yeah, dude. You know, so yeah, yeah. Thank you for recommending it, and I can't wait to jump into it. Um, but unfortunately, before we do get there, though, as you heard from the top of the hop, um, this ooh, just a couple of days ago now, we lost none other than Wayne Kramer. Man, that, that was a bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was just that was just one of those. Okay, well he's 76. Yeah. You know, I mean he's he up had there. a really good run. Pancreatic yeah. cancer, you know. Mm-hmm. He had a really good run. Yeah. I mean, thankfully and... he got to make a lot of music. And I, I think mm-hmm. at least in the last twenty years, I would say more people know who he is now than probably during the heyday, we'll, we'll mm. call it, you know, but I, I think mm. he's getting the recognition that he deserves. Um, like I know for me, Fender Guitars put out um, a signature version of his famous um, Red, White, and Blue Strat. Uh, okay. You know, like, do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, maybe to see it, just not off the top of my head. It's essentially like a strat that was painted with the American flag, but then he like hacked into it and added all these pickups and stuff. And it really got me thinking because it's, it's so immediately like recognizable, right? It's kind of like Dimebag's ML with a lightning bolt. If you see an Uh, ML, you know, Dean ML with lightning bolt, like, oh, that's Dimebag's guitar. Right. But like, if I see this, I'm like, oh, that's Wayne Kramer's guitar, you know? And it's funny because in the era he was coming up and there are times that, you know, I'm, I'm almost slightly jealous of, uh, of these guys. Um, almost, you know, because thankfully they did all the pioneering. So I get to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Mm-hmm. But you had these guys like Wayne Kramer 
and it, you know he's not the only one. There there are so many in in the early you know early days of rock and roll, we'll call it, where they were just mad scientists. And they're like, hmm, what if I took this pickup out of this guitar and put it into this guitar? Okay. That's kind of cool. Now, what if I took this speaker and made a whole bunch of little slits in it and then played it? What would that sound like? You know, like, like, like we, we really owe a lot to uh, people like Wayne Kramer, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, like, there's even more, like, honestly, Les Paul, who, you know, other than the Les Paul guitar that probably almost everybody we played on this show covets, um, you know, he's he's not necessarily a metal guy, but he's one of the main reasons for most of the modern recording techniques that we have in love and, you know, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. So yeah, man, that was a bummer when you shared that one. It was. It was. Um, obviously, um, kick out the jams, all time classic. Um, the only like the this this the time I hear that song the most, okay, is Sunday mornings when I go into my Clark Kent job for a couple hours, and that's when it's uh, on Howard Manshine's uh, the Sunday morning resurrection program. Okay, and where he it's classic music from the 60s and the 70s. And when a really good song comes and I'm not just well, like it's all good, but I'm talking like something that doesn't get played a lot. Yeah. Okay, like MC5's Kick Out the Jams, like the Runaway, like um, Uri Heap, you know, like just something that just does that doesn't get played all the time. When a song like Kick Out the Jams comes on the radio, all work stops for that three minutes, you know, because it's it's just it's just that time. Okay, so that's one of the all time classics. One of my all time favorite songs from the 90s came from Wayne Kramer, his solo work. On I didn't have the album. I had it on a compilation when uh, an epitaph compilation, one of those punkaramas. So I can't remember what actual Kramer album this was on, but the song "Crack in the Universe." Okay, I totally recommend everyone to uh, you know hit the streaming or whatever you want to do and check out that song. It is absolutely amazing, and to this day. It is still one of my favorite songs. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, really unfortunate. Um, see, that's that's the problem, man. We're at this. We're at the age now, and we have been for the last ten years, even that a lot of our favorites in music and you know other forms of entertainment they're literally dying off. So Radioactive Metal wants to give our condolences to uh, the friends and family of uh, Mr. Wayne Kramer. How can we, uh, we should uh, get on here with it with, for the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee with our weekly mandatory metal segment. And for this, dude, I kind of went into the snowy vaults and pulled out a uh, one of Gorefest's first demos from way back. 
in the day. And I don't really like saying the name of this because it contains a word that I really don't use now. Um, from their Horrors of a Retarded Mind demo for the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. This is the Mighty Gorefest going way back to the garage days, shall we say, with loss of flesh. We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Oh, hey, dude, what's going on? All right, let's see here. I wrote this shit down. Okay, Kerry King has a new band. He does, he does, yeah. <clears throat> Haven't really heard much about it until just the last couple days. Songs Same. have popped up, yeah. And I'm like, wow, okay. And, and that that tracks because he immediately went from BC Rich to, I think, Dean Guitars? Was it Dean? To, to, with his signatures, I'm like, well, that's interesting. He's, you know, getting a signature guitar but not playing anywhere actively. So I, I figured something was coming somehow. I just didn't know what. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of excited. I'm, it'll be interesting to see what happens here, right? Okay. Next... For the YouTube freaks here, Metallica is doing something now called the Blending Sessions, where they sit down and talk about whiskey. Um, I can watch this all day, <laughs> you know. Okay. And I mean, they talk about whiskey and music. It's it's just people, you know. It's essentially it is just kind of them talking about the craft of things, right? Which okay. is really really exciting. Like it's it's just been a couple of short videos so far, but it was fun to see them talk about the craft of of what they do and how that translates into other handmade things like a whiskey, you know, mm -hmm. and because, you know, as, as automated as the world becomes, there are some things where some processes just can't be automated. Cause if you take people out of it, the product's just not the same, you know? Right. So it's just kind of interesting. Right. Okay. So then <clears throat> Let, I'm, I, I have these written in a different order, but I want to try and go uh, in, in a, a progression here that makes sense. So Taylor Swift <laughs> got her yes. fourth Grammy, right? Okay. Fourth Grammy for like record of the year. And I think she set records with that, right? Which blow, blows me away. And I have a question for you specifically about Taylor Swift. Okay. But before that, I don't know much about her. I don't know. Oh, no, it's, no, no. It's, yeah. This is something you should be able to uh, answer. And if you can't, it kind of proves one of my theories. And I'll wear my tin hat when we talk. But <laughs> um, so one of the things the article was saying is, you know, she, she wins the Grammy. But then they're talking about how they're calling this past year like the Taylor Swift bump. Because, I mean, you know, we've talked about her ad nauseum on this show. and She has nothing to do with metal. Right. But when right. we talk about her a lot and she's done so much for record industries, for the local economies, where she goes, um, there is even an article that said she's added three hundred and thirty million dollars of value to the NFL and the Chiefs brand. OK. Right. Like like, like th th these are real studies. People are doing it's like, OK, that's that's really interesting. Right. Um. But then they're talking about that, you know, that's called the bump because, you know, the, the struggles that the industry is facing is like AI music and all this sort of stuff. And I started thinking when I read that about like AI music, dude, 
you know what band is primed to come back and do a record right now with uh, since AI is like a thing? What metal band? What metal band makes total sense right now to do a record because of AI? Because of AI, Vic, it could be any and and any number. Why? Oh, what there's a re- very specific one: Austrian Death Machine. <laughs> okay, why? Well, because of the T1000, right? That was all AI, Skynet. Uh, Durr, okay. That was that's all AI. All right. That's all Skynet and all that sort of stuff. So I'm like, oh my goodness, this is when we need another Austrian death machine record. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know? I get it. I get it. Like, a little slow there. It's been a long day. Okay. Yeah, well then and the funny thing is, um, a friend of mine at work. Uh, she's like, yeah, I want to practice using uh, AI. She's like, I really need to learn it. And I told her, like, her first name is Sarah. I'm like, well, change your last name to Connor. I'm sure AI will be hunting <laughs> you down, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm enjoying these jokes. Can't stop. <laughs> but here's my Taylor Swift question for you. Because okay. I see all the stuff that you post, right? And oh, I'm I having noticed, a great time with this. I noticed something very interesting. The only reason I know that there's any outrage around um, Taylor Swift from like the right, because I, because I mean, I have a pretty good mix of right wing and left wing people in my feeds, right? Mm-hmm. But the only reason I know that there's anybody on the right who's supposed to be upset about Taylor Swift is from all my left wing friends. Nobody that I know that's right wing posts shit about Taylor, like nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and well, I mean, I have some diehard wackadoo uh, football fans, you know, in in there that are right mm-hmm. wing, and and they are they are primed for doing this. But I would have no idea if it wasn't for stuff that you post and my other friends. So, what feeds are you subscribed to where you hear this bullshit? Like it, it just it just pops up. It just pops up from friends that have seeing things from like like i i don't go looking for it like i'm i'm not you know taylor swift swift you know on my keys or anything this this stuff just pops up and what the quote-unquote left is doing is it's in response to the outrage of um that that football fans and conservative politicians have been have been put have been putting out there you you know especially uh, uh, like like especially when fox news okay actually does a piece saying that taylor swift is a psyop okay she's working with the democrats to uh she's an undercover agent or something for the democrats and she's working to I don't know to get Trump out or something. I, it's just like what you you want to talk putting on your your uh, your tinfoil hat. Like these these are the people. Like stuff stuff like this is absolutely ridiculous. But then again, these are probably the same people that believe in lizard people and think the Earth is flat. And you know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like this is just this is in response to like i don't have a lot of right wing you know um people on my feed it's in like what i get has been in response to this and i know i know the outrage is there but it's funny like there's there's really an outrage algorithm because 
I haven't heard any of this stuff about Fox News. And this is oh, where, oh, where you know, and ladies and gentlemen, I, I am, you know, in a complete head to toe tinfoil tuxedo because, you know, we're talking about the Grammys. <laughs> but it's be uh, this is where I'm really starting to believe that Fox News only does news to piss you off. And I don't mean uh. only you, but like. <laughs> Like I seriously think that that they don't even care about the right oh, no. wingers. I I think they they only write this shit. Like like seriously, I think it's like okay, how do we piss people off and get them talking? I know. Let's tell them that um, Taylor Swift's the only reason people are watching football. That'll piss right. off everybody, you know. Because I mean, let's face it, it's you know if if you, if you can piss somebody off for something dumb, it's going to be over football, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I totally agree, you know, because yeah, it's, it's going to piss off the left and the right is just lapping this stuff up, you know? So yeah, it all depends on where, where you, uh, tune in. Like, that's why, you know, I don't like to tune into, you know, CNN or Fox or anything like that, because, it's definitely going to be slanted. But now I also have been around sports enough for ever since I was aware of my own self, I've been watching sports. Okay. And I fail to see why. Every, okay. One of the big things that the, the conservative football fans, and I don't even know if they're conservative, but just NFL fans in general, it's like, oh, she's always on my, she's always on my TV. It's pissing me off and all that. No, um, her time, the time that she actually appears on screen, okay, is about 30 seconds, okay, in a three and a half hour football game. Now, I've watched, you can't even count how many professional sports ga games I've watched in, in my lifetime, okay? And it's a long-standing tradition to show players, mom, dad, wife, their kids in the audience, especially, you know, come playoffs, you know. That, that, that's been going on for 100 years, for as long as there's been... Tele televised sports now all of a sudden because you know ah oh, it's taylor swift you know and i'm not a swifty i don't i couldn't name you a single song oh but you but, should but, be able to because she does write a great fucking song dude now if i was to hear one of her songs and it, it may sound familiar and if someone was to say oh yeah that's a taylor swift song it's like okay but i couldn't name you one like I, I, if if I sit here and I'm thinking about it now, nothing, nothing. I, you know, well, but so that doesn't you, mean. Would you say you drew a blank? Sure. Because she has a song called Blank Space, so oh, of course okay. I have to be a smart ass. <laughs> okay, let's see it. That works. Yeah. So honestly, I just, yeah, it's it it's fake outrage. No one gave a rat's ass okay from either side you couldn't watch a single lakers game without jack nicholson being shown every I remember fucking that. game yeah like 
where where was the outrage, people? It just it just wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, nobody cared. Yeah, and, like and, and there were a lot of celebrities that were regular staples of those games, and it's it's funny. Like, I you know what I really think it is, I, and I honestly think it's even for the the conservative media that's pointing her out. Like, I I'm willing to bet for starters the the cameramen are either fans, you know, of the music, think she's hot. Or have a, a son daughter that is like a big fan. It's like, oh my gosh, there's Taylor, and they like, like, guess what? Uh-huh. I, put the, I put the camera on Taylor for you tonight. Oh, Dad, thanks. You know, or Mom. You know, it does, doesn't matter. Whoever's running the camera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so I wonder if that's what's going on. But the other thing is like, do you ever just wonder? Is 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 the thing that no one will really say is just because she's a successful woman, and that's what everybody's really pissed about? Um, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. You know, if, she's a successful unmarried it. woman that's proven she doesn't need a guy. She, mm-hmm. she, you know, if she wants to be in a relationship, she will, but she doesn't need a man. Is no. that what's driving this? No. no. And I've seen, um, I've seen memes of Republican politicians, uh, I can't remember his name and it doesn't really matter. Okay. He, uh. He had um, in his tweet, okay, on X, I guess they're calling, uh, are they're they're calling it now. He said Travis Kelsey got a seventy thousand dollar bonus for making it to the Super Bowl. Now it all makes sense as to why Taylor Swift is with him. Oh my God! <laughs> and, 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 and that's that's but that's the kind of stuff that there's no way anybody who knows anything is serious. I swear that's written just to piss people off. That's the thing. Or they're completely ignorant, and I can see. But, but see, both. I can but see because you want to believe that they're ignorant, right? Uh, like, yeah, like, but I. I can but that's see the thing. It. Like, it's what do we choose to believe? Do we choose to believe that people are stupid, or do we choose to believe that people are really doing the right thing? You know, and and uh, the, the, again, tinfoil hat, right? <laughs> but like, if we all keep believing that people are stupid, well, then we're feeding the wrong wolf. If anybody's ever seen, um, fuck, what was the movie? I love it, Tomorrowland with George Clooney, and you know they get, tell this fable about two wolves. Uh, one is light, one is darkness. Which one wins the fight every day? It's the one that you feed, right? So mm-hmm. basically, saying like the choices you make are how you see the world, right? And I wonder, like, is this being fed because people just want to believe that the world fucking blows? You know, that, and I'm not saying that there's different. not things that blow, but is that everything that blows? Well, I think that um, there's a lot, there's too much energy being put into on from from both sides and i'm 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 guilty of it too um mr donald trump okay you would think he has more important things to do than taylor swift being at a football game right with everything going on is war in his world does he really need to be declaring a quote-unquote holy war against swift should you know, I would think you would have enough going on in your life. You know, so, yeah, it's 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 everyone. And quite frankly, this whole thing. OK, 
I haven't had an interest in the NFL since I was a kid. Okay. Haven't watched a Super Bowl. Haven't watched an NFL game probably since the mid 80s. The NFL just doesn't do much for me. Okay. Still haven't watched a game all year. I don't even know if I'll sit through the Super Bowl, but this is the most fun I've had with the NFL for so long for this very reason, just for some of the absolute, like, just how how ridiculous it is. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's been a lot of fun. It all is. It all is. So anyway, that that's what I was curious about, because I I'm. And and I bring this up because, you know, election season's coming up and we're going to see even more ridiculousness. And I think everybody needs – I feel if everybody shut off TVs and social media oh, or at least anything with political and just like did things like listen to music, uh-huh. um, I feel like we have a completely different outcome of the election, you know. And, and and meaning that nobody vote for either of the two main parties would probably be like, oh, hey <laughs> – this guy over here, like, yeah, with this weird party, like, this is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm doing that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Well, my vote doesn't matter anyway. And then you'd have all these people doing that and the vote would matter. And people would be like, fuck, what just happened? Right? I've so, been, yeah, dude, I've been saying that literally for decades. Yeah. Especially, especially these last few years up here in Canada. It, it really is. Becoming a two-party system, and everyone is like, "Ah, oh, all politicians suck and all that." Well, yeah, they do. Okay, but why don't you? Okay, yeah, you don't like the conservatives, you don't like the liberals, and I understand, especially up here in Canada, why you wouldn't like either of them. Check out a third party, okay, <laughs> and see what they have to offer, and then if enough people said. I don't like this two-party system. They both suck. Let's see what this guy is all about. Let's see what this party is all about. If enough people actually did that, took action, instead of whining and complaining and, oh, look, the football game's on, then maybe, you know, everyone would be a lot happier and we, we wouldn't have Donald Trump declaring a holy war on uh, Taylor Swift and we wouldn't worry about um, Biden slurring his words or something, you know, like there's just, yeah, there's too much emphasis, you know, on crap. Politics is becoming more is, is it's an entertainment. It's, it's, it's another form of Hollywood, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that nobody really realizes that. But you know what? That's not what this show's about. Fuck that. I was just curious. <laughs> you know, really, fuck that's all those okay. people. Um, yeah, that's what I say, too. Support support people that are good people. That's you know, right. Be kind right. to one another. Figure out ways to do something nice. Even if you, you know, you, you fucked up today, that's fine. Get up tomorrow, try again. Um, but, that's right. okay, something else cool here. Okay, Have you yes. ever heard of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop? Oh, no, and I feel like I should have. Oh, you definitely should have. I should have. I was yesterday years old when I learned about it. Um, dude, so the, the BBC Radiophonic Workshop 
it was this group of people, the BBC, that figured out how to do all these crazy fucking sounds for things like Doctor Who back in the 60s before we had anything like we have today to do it. Ah. And they did all this tape manipulation and oscillators and filters and all this crazy ass shit. And I started reading this article on, on how to recreate it with modern technology. And I can do it all with software now, but like they couldn't. And I'm like, wow. So I am trying to find some reading material and document documentaries and stuff on it. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, be prepared for me to go down that rabbit hole this year. Because, you know, if you listen to this show, you know, we, we kind of rather enjoy sci-fi and horror and mm -hmm. this kind of shit is right up that alley. So that's, this is something that we, we really need to, to learn about here. Snow. Okay. you know, and then last thing I am thrilled to announce to everybody that you can go to bandcamp.com search for D Gregorio and the new record is called loveless ruminations. Um, I think Sue calls it an EP, but it's seven songs in nearly 40 minutes. Wow. So it's a full length in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, uh -huh. fuck, it's longer than raining blood, mm -hmm. you know, or rain and blood rather. But I mean, you know, it's full. Like I'm listening to it. I'm texting my, Hey, are you sure I played bass on this? I don't remember any of this. Like, <laughs> like I'm listening to it. It, it just, it does not, like, like the, the songs have just changed. Cause I mean, like when I got them, I think I get like her guitars, like scratch guitar, scratch vocal, scratch drum track. And that's typically what I like. Like, like I give, give me a lot of space so I can kind of find, um, you know, you know, f find some harmonic space and then let's see what happens. Dude. Uh, you know, the track you and I talked about is called desert. It's a long one. I fucking love it. Um, the, the opener I love now, my personal favorite, and this one may not be for everybody, but it is called open water and no, no joke. There's like four different bass parts on that one. Okay. Um, and it was just because like we, when, when I first laid down the tracks, we were in Sue's, Sue's studio and I did like a regular track. And I'm like, no, I want to try something. And we found this crazy ass sound in her um her line six helix i'm like oh let me try it with this and so then i did that so there's a regular bass there's that bass and then um when i got back home i'm like you know what what happened if i used my six string bass like in my, my fender bass six you know which is basically tuned like a guitar just an octave lower and so that song is just fucking out there so Good luck, everybody. Um, you know, but yeah, like, like just fucking thrilled that album is out and really, really proud of this. Like, you know, th this is a departure. Sue is singing on this one. I think she sang on another, a, a couple others. Like her voice is getting much stronger. You know, we talk about all the time. Um, there are times where I'm like, oh, it doesn't even sound like you. You know, like, like you're really channeling stuff here. Like it's. Man, I, I just, I really had fun making the record in the first place. And now to hear the finished product, I'm like, this shit is great. Right on. Right on. Well, uh, if you don't mind, we'll be sure to share it with our listeners this episode. How does that sound? That sounds lovely. Excellent. Excellent. What else you got? That's everything, man. That's, that's everything. Okay. Yeah. I want to get on with some tunes here because we did step up on our 
our soapbox for <laughs> for a bit there. So we better get it in motion. Um, for myself, really, the only uh, thing for my metal fix is I hit the record shop. Okay, and found uh, some cool vinyl, a cool cool seven incher, and a cool CD. Let's start um, with the vinyl. Okay, uh, first off, I'm a good Canadian boy. So when I found the, the live album from Bachman Turner Overdrive, live, 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 I wonder if it's a live album, I made sure to snap that up. It's, you know, it's only, it's only, it was one of those quickie live albums. There was really only, um, there's really only eight songs on it. You know, a lot of the hits, Hey You, Fragile Man. Ain't seen nothing yet, taking care of business, rolling down the highway. And their version of Mississippi Queen as well. So, yeah, yeah. More importantly, okay, and I don't know if you saw this. I believe I shared it on our Facebook. But finally, okay, after all of these years, and I have a, I, when I've had, you know, I have this album down in uh, down in the snowy vaults on a crappy old cassette, but I finally have the double live after death on vinyl. Rock. Yeah, yeah. I finally, I fi- I finally picked it up, and I like I haven't had a chance to play hey, it yet. You never had a vinyl copy before? No, no, wow. no. Like this, this is it. And yeah, like the package is just like I got it in my. My hot little fist here. Just, just. I love that yeah. they didn't skimp when they when they did the re-releases. Oh, okay. Right, because because I also have a newer vinyl pressed on it, right? And my original copy hangs up on my wall in a, in a you know record frame. But when I got got the you know like the, the more recent vinyl pressings, it's exactly like what I got in the eighties. Oh, okay. And, and I love that. I, lo- I love that, you know, that Maiden's like, nope, we need it. We need to make sure everybody gets what the package was. Because that's just right. fucking great. Which is the double album. Yeah. The, the Gatefold. Okay. With all the pictures from the tour and a booklet as well. Is Was, the, was that in the original vinyl? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah, yeah, it's they great, right? they they reproduced it perfect. And, and if you read that booklet, you can find out how many cans of beer they drank on that tour. Um, oh, well. that's right. Yeah, you mentioned that on the show. That's right. Because I'm such a nerd, dude. <laughs> and how many, um, you know, how many guitar strings were used and drumsticks? Yeah, dude. Yeah the the daily crew workout schedule. Yeah. Band dude, equipment that, that... as used on the slavery tour each various yeah that that album and there there's never been a live album like it before or since for me oh uh, okay you know okay because i mean like i've had other live albums they've never had that same experience for me dude ah i think have we ever had a sorry i'm putting the record in front of the mic here <laughs> real, real professional um, have we ever had a favorite live album episode before? I 
honestly don't know. But I mean, I would probably just say, you know, Live After Death and um, uh, probably three of the live Kiss albums. Oh, okay. Okay, well, hey, maybe that's something to uh, to visit down the line as well. It took, I don't know why, it took forever, but I finally got a uh, some sort of physical release from the early 80s anarchist punk band from England, Conflict. Okay, I found one of their uh, kind of like a com- greatest hits, quote-unquote, compilation, deploying all means necessary issue to really, really cool stuff. I think I want to drop a track from that. And this was one of those, and I, I grabbed a seven-incher here. Okay, that... I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, say it. Okay, My... say it. I just, I just, when, once you snorted, it I'm hit sorry. me. Okay. My, my my son is that age where things like that now are always funny, and so now my okay. mind's thinking like that. So you you grabbed a seven incher, huh, Snowy? I grabbed I grabbed a seven incher. Okay. You guys don't use the metric system. Shouldn't it be centimeters? <laughs> well, we do have centimeters up here, but it's still, yeah, no, it's still a seven incher. Um. From this garage band that's kind of like from up here in up here in Canada, I believe the the Toronto area, kind of like a uh, if the Cramps met the Misfits in a garage, okay, and you would get Toronto's Enchanters, okay, and I just was in Planet of Sound. Shout out, guys. Yeah. Um. And I just looked at the cover, you know, just it was very, very, um, I don't want to say pedestrian, but very simple, simple artwork. Looks like it's in, you know, the bowels of the torture chamber because it was the torture chamber seven inch. Okay. And on the cover is like an executioner in the back and in the front is kind of like a, uh, a Crypt Keeper type character, you yeah. know, from Tales from the Crypt, or maybe the the, uh, the 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 Creeper, I guess, from the Creep Show programs and movies and comics and all that. So that kind of got my attention. Yeah, just it was one of those releases that I saw the cover. I have to check this out, and I, I've I've already I'm already convinced I'm buying it. Okay, because it was only five bucks, you know, and I we spent more on coffee on the way going to oh, yeah. the record shop. Okay, so yeah, I'm damn right I'm slapping five bucks. I can't believe it hasn't been bought b- beforehand. So I'm I'm already convinced I'm buying this. But I say to Kathy and Dave, what the hell? Can we slap this on? Ten seconds of the song Torture Chamber. I said, yep, wrap it up. That's like amazing. That, that that's all I needed, and we're definitely so. Going just to, to recap, play. your seven inches only takes ten seconds. That's, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you. That's, but what doesn't suck is all of that hard work that you put into the D Gregorio release. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn it over to you, 
And you are going to uh, give a kick-ass intro here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is your first listen from the album Loveless Ruminations, Di Gregorio's Desert.
Another one of those artists that I can't believe it took this long for us to get to them. That is the aforementioned uh, early 80s British punk band a Conflict with Exploitation. And like I don't like, OK, the inspiration behind this song and it's literally been decades. So we're not stoking the fire or anything. By playing this, but this song was written in response to the exploited being on the top of the pops TV program, which caused you know a lot of drama between the two bands back and forth and all that. I guess okay, this is one of those things that we can look back and laugh now. So yeah, yeah, that's the mighty conflict. And before that, well, let's go from from the classic to you know the more the more recent that was the well, that was enchanters with torture chamber really really cool stuff i hope this band um i hope they tour you know they cross the country because i would definitely be front row center and it's definitely one of those like come come halloween we're definitely playing enchanters again maybe a different song you know, but uh, yeah, they are a very Halloweeny type band. Go check them out. Um, that's it. I'm all out of coffee. Okay, I had my post work true cobalt coffee. Poured myself a uh, Fireball whiskey here in my Iron Maiden Number of the Beast mug. I figured that would be kind of appropriate. And I want to talk uh, rock and roll high school, my friend. Dude. Well, where do you want to start, man? Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe your first, your first, ex- okay, okay. Well, maybe we should kind of, for the younger listeners that might not know what this movie is, is uh, 1979. The, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to say the Ramones made a uh, movie called Rock and Roll High School. Okay, it was basically the focal point was the Ramones, but the story behind it was um, around Vince Lombardi High School. (laughs) Okay. Now, as I recall, Vince Lombardi, he's an NFL football coach. Right, he's a football coach. Back in the time. Yeah, he was the Dallas Cowboys. I I honestly don't know. But the Ramones were sports fans, at least Johnny. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, I, I think they were. I think I think they were trying to make uh, like all kinds of references to like other high school movies with with you know with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Vince Lombardi High. Yeah, Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi High is um, taken over. Okay, by this tyrannical new um, principal called named Principal Togar. Principal Togar. Yeah, God, she's a real piece of work. Like that's you know, I think this is that's probably where Tipper Gore got her idea from, got her personality. <laughs> Dude, well, I mean, clearly between her her, her outfit and um. Between her outfit and her hall monitors, I guess we'll call them outfits. 
like it was clearly modeled on the Nazi regime. Right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know? Yeah. I can so, see, uh, yeah, like the Ilsa movies, the She-Wolf of the SS and all that. I haven't seen that From the 70s and 60s and all that. Yeah, it really can't be ex- ex- exploitation. And you can totally see, yeah, that's where Togar comes from. And what's her name in uh, Reform School Girls? The, both the, oh, shit. Okay, the... Sybil Danning played the warden. Okay, which I, I believe. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> I thought you saw you've seen huh. Reform School Girls with Wendy O. Williams. I know Dude. she's in it. I don't think I've ever seen it. Okay, you have to see Reform School Girls. We have to do a watch along, and we have to do a watch along with Rock and Roll High School at some point because, like I said, at the top of the hop here, it was. Um, this is the 45th anniversary. Okay, to, you know, to be the yang to Togar's ying is um, obviously would be the students and they're kind of, I don't want to say necessarily being led, but the primary troublemaker, okay, is Riff Randall. Right. Played by the amazing PJ Souls. Our protagonist, yes. Protagonist, yes. (laughs) There we are. She's the number one Ramones fan. She's the rocker in the school. And like she's she's the folly for for Togar. Okay, and the whole idea is um to get, you know, not only, you know, to buck authority, but to get the the Ramones have um, announced that they're going to be doing a concert and it's up it's Riff Randall, you know it's it's now her goal along with her sidekick Kate Lambeau, Rambeau, okay it's now they have to get to this movie our movie they have to get to this concert to because because right. Randall is just this amazing Ramones fan. And she's written some songs for them, including a song called Rock and Roll High School. So she wants to get this stuff to the Ramones. And, of course, it turns into, you know, a campy, schlocky high school teenage movie, which I, I kind of referred to as the anti-Grease. Okay, because now, okay, remember. At- See, I I don't think it's the anti Greece. I just think it's Greece taken further. It's almost just like Greece. Well, kind of, sort of, but when I saw the the when I was in the theater, okay, and I saw the op- this opening sequence, okay, again, where you know it's in the. It's on it's on the school grounds, okay. I guess it's at lunchtime or whatever. Uh Riff Randall has um commandeered the uh turntable from the music class, mm-hmm. okay, and is cranking a Ramones record. Okay. And everyone starts dancing. Now yeah. this is why I say the anti Grease, okay. Because when they all started dancing, they just started dancing, 
you know, like you would at a school dance or a sock hop or, or, or whatever. Not in total synchronization, okay? <laughs> and all the students look like they're over 30. Okay, like, well, it's like not that's, a that's musical. Greece. But still, no, no, it's not. you know, <laughs> it, it's not it, it, it's not. But that sequence kind of made me go, OK, yeah, this is this is sort of the anti-Greece. And I'm right. not I'm not bashing Greece. I love it. But let's talk about the stereotypes. Right. OK. Like you've got the nerd kid in that cap. You've got the very clear jock in the Letterman sweater. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the rebel in Riff Randall. You've mm-hmm. got the nerd in Kate Rambo. You know, yeah. uh, it just like they really leaned into those visual stereotypes. And then, how about the music teacher? Uh huh. Mr. McGree. Yeah. Yes, Mr. McGree. Right. So he's a hoot. <laughs> One of my favorite things that that he says is uh, because some of the jokes were so bad, but he was so stereotypical for a music teacher of that era. Oh yeah. Cause he's talking about Beethoven. He's like composing a symphony, almost completely deaf at that time was unheard. Of. Unheard. Yeah. And then he, la- then he laughs, <laughs> you know, but no one else like, does. Yeah. Okay. How about that paper airplane scene? That's, that's when I said, okay, it starts to get into the uh, campy. Oh, so campy, t- but that's t- hilarious, t- dude. Uh-huh. It yeah. goes in the locker, flies out the other side, like down the <laughs> row of lockers. Goes all through the school. Yeah. 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 That's just uh that that got a real reaction from the people in the theater. Like, yeah, I heard a lot of a lot of uh oh geez. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Okay. And yeah, I kind of agree. Like, there's no way that this would happen, but Come on, you got to you got to suspend dis- disbelief. You know, the aliens didn't really in Independence Day come down and blow the shit out of the world. Dude, know? that's you a documentary. To... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, there's probably hey, there are some people in this world that believe that humans and dinosaurs were once living together well if you saw my comment to your post um Mm -hmm. there's a three-part documentary series on those called jurassic world that's right yeah you know (laughs) but anyway so we've got the paper airplane but then they get to the science lab and then they're demonstrating the effects of rock and roll on mice because you know I, i don't know if they still do this today but at that time in our youth Every single thing was tested on mice. So mm-hmm. if somebody was going to tell you something was good for you, bad for you, they say, well, this caused cancer in three out of five you know, laboratory mice, you know, and because that was like, um, what was the, it was saccharin, right? Saccharin mm-hmm. was the artificial sweetener that was causing cancer in laboratory mice. And so, you know, they show this is the mouse before. And then they had the mouse in a leather jacket. They're like, oh, it's not just that. Now he's been playing his guitar into the night, sharing a cage out of wedlock. Out of wedlock. And then, and this this one just just cracks me up because they lean into this joke later. But you have like, watch what happens when you turn this up, and then the mice explode. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, like the loud sound volumes. I'm like, who thought this up? Because it's so over the top ridiculous uh-huh uh-huh and this is like okay 
like a lot of, of what what they were saying, it's like, yeah, this, you know, he turned into a, the we exposed this mouse to this punk rock and now he's a punk rocker and all that. That's the PMRC. You saw some of their oh, old, yeah. liters, you know, little Johnny is is becoming a punk. What as a parent can you do about it? That shit was real. OK, and this was all <laughs> like Togar and everything that she's saying could. It, that's all PMRC right there. Like that. It predates that. But yeah, yeah. It's just like, art imitating life is just wow. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. Um, yeah, the, like the cast in general. OK, like like, first of all, like. PJ Souls. Okay. She just went about her business starring in all of these great movies that over time, if I was to make a list of my, well, 20 favorite films of all time, PJ Souls would be in four of them. Well, so let's start here. So Carrie, right? Carrie, def- the first Carrie. Yeah. But she's also in Halloween. She's in Halloween. That's movie number two. Right. Rock and Roll High yeah. School. Right. That's number three. Private Benjamin. Oh, was she not? Yeah. Apparently. As she was Private a, Wanda Winter. Oh, okay. I, I saw Private Benjamin once as a kid in the theater, and it's definitely something that I should I should revisit but for me personally, movie number four, you're in the military. You're close. Oh, stripes. Oh, oh yeah, because that's my personal favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like when when uh, Bill Murray gives her the answer, mama treatment. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. I've done that to Mrs. Snowy. I've taken the, you know, the 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 spatula. Didn't put her on the stove, but I've kind of. Poked her. Here, I'm giving you the Aunt Jemima treatment. Oh, yeah. And she, yeah, same. she, she knows exactly. Same, because of that know, movie. Because yeah. of that movie, yeah. Yeah, because of that movie. And <laughs> my, my other favorite scene in that movie is when the two of them get out of the ch- that, that chest at the foot of the bed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So ridiculous. Yeah, yeah absolutely love them. In the original theatrical cut, you didn't see any, uh, like, PJ Soul's nudity was 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 cut out, but in the the director's cut on DVD later on, like you actually saw the sequences where oh. where she, where she was topless. In which movie? Stripes. Really? I I yeah. honestly I've never seen that. I didn't know I didn't know she ever did anything topless. Yeah, huh. go go find the yeah they had they had cut it out. Okay. I, I gotta say, you know, it's one of those things where I don't think they needed it. I feel it does no. work better without it. Yeah, no, it was fine. Like you had, yeah. you had the gratuitous nudity when um, in the Captain, beginning, when Captain Stillman, yeah, was uh, looking at the uh, into first for some reason the women's shower had a window that was wide open. Okay, and Captain Stillman, the, the great John Larroquette. Was watching them really creepy with a telescope, with a with 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 binoculars. Okay, so yeah, there was gratuitous nudity, and at the beginning, like you said, in the mud, the uh, mud, uh, the mud wrestling sequence with Ox and all that. So yeah, you're you're absolutely right. We didn't, and I don't I don't believe I'm going to say this, 
Okay. But we didn't need to see PJ Souls boobs. No. Like we didn't. We, no, not at all. we didn't. Like we we saw them in Halloween. Oh, we did? You know, yeah. I don't yeah. know if I've ever so. actually seen the original Halloween. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, you should. It's I, I honestly classic. didn't think that she was anybody who ever did a lot of nude scenes. Uh probably not a lot. But we're talking horror movies and all that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's sex right. comedies and and all that. And that's that's just not like that's not and don't don't get me wrong, I'm not being a perv. That's not the reason why I love PJ Souls. It's just, it's just she's a fantastic actress. All of her characters, you know, in Halloween, in Carrie. You know, ab- See, absolutely I fantastic. absolutely fell in love with her in Stripes because I just I right. love the character she played in that movie. Uh huh, uh huh, and that that's definitely one of them. And you know, like and Riff Riff Randall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say everyone go on to Pinterest. Okay, if you're on Pinterest, look Snowy White up, and check out all of my Pinterest boards because I, I have a board dedicated exclusively to Riff Randall. Okay, because yeah, she's just one of my all-time favorite characters. You know, because she's the rocker chick in high school that, you know, where there's not really a lot of, not really a lot of them, and she kind of stands out. Gotta say, okay, Kate Rambo, her her sidekick, who's yeah. a total yeah, yeah. opposite. Okay, day. Oh yeah. Di- oh yeah. Okay, she's that. Hollywood ugly. Okay, like you know what I mean by how by that expression. Have you yes. heard the expression where it's like it's a pretty girl, but we have to, you know, you know, we have yeah. to oh, do yeah, yeah, like, yeah. okay, well just 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 put a pair of glasses on her and put her hair in a ponytail or well, something. But I mean, especially then, right? Because like yeah. those glasses in particular, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like like that. When I think of her character, and I think of every teen movie from, you know, probably like the late 70s through the early 90s, almost every time they had the Hollywood ugly or like, you know, the nerd falling in love with somebody, the nerd girl, they dressed her up like that. Like there's the movie Uh Zapped. Do you ever see that with Scott Bale? Uh, once when I was a kid, I definitely need to see it again. Yeah, it's 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 another like you know mid eighties whatever sex kind of comedy, and right. the the nerd girl in that that falls for Scott Bayo. I like if I didn't know better, I would have thought it was Kate Rambo because they made her look so much like her. Right. You right. know, and there were there were some times. Okay, and she's not even trying. She's not. She's not trying to look look sexy. She's got her. She's all nerded up, shall we say? But there are some times where, like, oh my god, like she's a total smoke show. Like I was like, wow. Okay, like because okay, the emphasis is supposed to be on 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 Randall, but she looked absolutely amazing. Okay, um, Eagle Bauer. Clint Howard. I'm so glad yeah. you brought that up because that's one of the things I wrote down too. <laughs> We've got Clint Howard is Eagle Bauer, right? Eagle Bauer. Now yeah. Eagle Eagle Bauer was the was the um, the all all purpose guy who who set up an office in the men's bathroom. All right, let's talk about okay. this. Oh God! Did you have 
it, like was that the thing like when you're in high school like the office was the bathroom like what do you mean like, like, like every everything happened in the bathroom every deal if you were gonna you know if you're buying cigarettes you're buying them in the oh bathroom. uh no no but i could see how that that could be a thing you know because like teachers could walk in the bathroom at any time as as well which that's what made this whole sequence when you introduced eagle bauer okay like he's got an office one of the stalls is his office there's a lineup of people trying to, you know, pay for his services. He's got his secretary. Oh, I, I love it because they, they <laughs> yeah, exaggerate that, right? Because, yeah. dude, that was the thing. There would always be some dude in the bathroom just kind of hanging out. And that's where, you know, anything you needed, it was typically handled there because that was the one place you could have some sort of privacy, you know. Okay, yeah. And and I love how they leaned into that where they have the secretary he goes into the stalls made up to be his office. Like, that's... That was hilarious to me. And mm-hmm. and it's like there's so many things that I'm like, man, does that happen anymore? Like is is that I don't know. Would anybody even get that joke anymore? You know? Prob- probably not. I don't know. I don't know. How like school doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Like little Snowy has been out of high school for you know, more than a decade now and all that. So unfortunately, like school doesn't really mean much to me but i i i i definitely got it and of course there's a lineup of people there and they're all smoking up and they all got cigarettes brownville station smoking in the boys room playing in the background classic Uh, one of my all-time favorite songs still i loved it as a kid okay even and we've talked about it on the show before i remember as a teen everyone was oh motley Crue has this great new song Oh yeah, yeah. They're they redid Brownville Stations, smoking the boys room. What? What are you talking about? No, 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 no. Okay, don't don't believe me. And then sure enough, you know, it does start to come to life that it's it's a cover song. You know, but don't listen to Snowy. He doesn't know anything. Nobody. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's always cool. And Clint Howard. What is what an underrated treasure this guy is, because that's um, Richie Cunningham's little brother. Okay, that's yeah. Ron Howard's. That's Ron Howard's brother, and he he went and he's done many things o- over the years. But apart from this, what I know him most is from a horror movie a couple years after this called Evil Speak, where he had um, like computers were just starting to be a thing. And he was at an all military, like at an all boys military school. And he's the, you know, he's the awkward one that's being, uh, being bullied. And he goes on his computer, really, really pedestrian. You have to see this movie. Okay. Like, like a computer genius like you would get such a kick out of this really, really low grade first year computer and through this computer he manages to get demonic powers somehow and then he uses it to exact his revenge and it's 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 a campy movie but i absolutely love it yeah yeah and vincent van patten as the jock tom the tom roberts that's um 
No, not Vincent Van Patten. That's that, no, you're that, right. that was his dad. No, yeah, Vince okay. Van Patten. You're you're dead yeah. on. Vince Van Patten. Okay. Okay, the Van Patten I'm thinking of from Eight is Enough or whatever. Oh, right. What's Dick Van what's Patten? What's his dad? Dick Van Patten. That's yeah. his name. Yeah, that's his son. And Oh, I never I, put that together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, my goodness. I never put that together. Yeah, that was one of those times where um, nepotism Yeah. Okay. really, really didn't work out. Too much, too much. Oh, definitely not. Definitely, but at the same time, like, because I, I was doing some reading on this guy, because I'm like Vince Van Patten. Why do I know that name? And thank you, Dick Van Patten, because it never occurred to me as I was looking stuff up. But dude, um, he's also like a pro poker player now, and I think he he played tennis. Like, like he had a tennis career. Like, like yeah, like I mean, he's he's done fine for himself. Mm. He was in a lot more movies than I realized, including recently in 2019, he was in Seven Days to Vegas. Uh, okay, I have no idea what that is. Me neither. Me neither. But then, uh, like, I, I love when you look at stuff in the 70s. He was in every classic 70s The Courtship of Eddie's Father, The Bill Cosby Show, Canon, Marcus Welby, MD, Adam 12. Um, ABC after school specials, the new Scooby-Doo movies, the magical world of Disney, like everything that was <laughs> stereo. Fuck. He was in the $6 million man. Uh, he was in an episode of wonder woman, uh, like everything you can think of that was stereotypical <laughs> from our youth. He was a part of, he was there. Uh, he had to have been at least one episode of the love boat because everybody was on at least check. once. Well, you, you know, know I think most of those people, though, were people that went on and had bigger careers. Right. Let me, let me look for the love boat. Hang on. Shit. You called it. He was on one episode of the love boat. Yep. Nice work. Well, that was a total guess because, like, everyone. No, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. How about the camp out montage? Right. Right. Like, now, so for the one, younger listeners. Does anybody yeah. still camp out for tickets? I, I was just about to say that. Now, for the younger listeners, you know, that might have just recently dis- uh, discovered this movie. And you saw her sleeping overnight in front of the box office. Yeah, what she's doing is camping out overnight to get the best seats, you know, yeah. for, 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 for the concert. I've done this many times. Okay, uh, like when we were when when I, when I was a teen, tickets would go on sale. You had to get to the box office early, so we just wouldn't go to. And I've sure I've told this story on the show before, but my my buddies and I would all get together at a friend's house with lots of beer and liquor and and all that, and we just we would party all night four in the morning kind of rolled along we had our designated dd we would all drive to the box office you know and we were always you know first or second in line when um when that didn't become so much of a thing uh i was still going to uh ticketmaster when it's they started opening at 10 o'clock and just down the road from my place, there was a uh, 
there there was an outlet that not too many people knew about. It was in the back of a casino and all that. I would show up at nine o'clock, waited outside for an hour. When they opened the doors, I was right there. I got so many kick-ass seats that way. And now I don't even know if Ticketmaster has any booths anymore. Anyways, it's all it's all in line, and that and that's too bad because what Rambo did, Rambo, Rambo, <laughs> what Randall did, okay, that was all part of the concert experience. Yeah. You know. Well, and, and how about how they leaned into that gag, right? So she's out there sleeping in a lounge chair, which people really did. And there is real footage of people doing what she did from the 80s. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, heck, even as recent as the iPhone releases. Really? You know, Oh, yeah, dude. People used it to was... sleep out for the iPhone wow. releases. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, know, I... I know people were doing that for, like, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but no, for, for real. Phone? Yep. For real, people were doing that. People but, need help. Uh, well, that that that's a that that'll be our psychology podcast. We start, you know, <laughs> when we talk about all the other fucking wacko wackadoos here. You know, we just <laughs> offload that shit over there. But the other thing that was cool, right, is is how they leaned into that gag where they have the milkman stopping by, picking yeah. up the milk and dropping off milk. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like. Does anybody get that gag? Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh my goodness, are we the last generation who know why this is funny? Mm-hmm. You know? It's it's and, so funny, dude. And when they go down the line and there's the the Indian chief with the headdress. That did not age and, well. And all that. I was just about, yeah, and they made the joke like he's, wow, he's the talking scalper. to everyone. Yeah. The scalper. That like, did not. Oh, oh holy Not geez. age well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's whoo, and you'll you'll see that a lot, like just little expressions, you know. And no one's trying to be racist or anything like that, but that's just kind of a sign of the times, you know. Like oh that, yeah, you know. Some people probably actually thought that thought that was funny, even as a kid. Okay, I never. I never really saw much in the way of humor. Like there's been a lot of issues, you know, with uh, sporting teams, you know, changing their names. The the Cleveland Indians are now the Guardians. Oh, whatever. Okay, apparently yeah. I missed that. Yeah, yeah, and and like I never really had a problem with the Cleveland Indians. I don't really have a problem with the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, it's. The Washington Redskins. Right. That, right. that I hate, even as a kid, I knew, yeah. okay, this isn't right. But now it's kind of come out that the person, like where they got the idea for the name was from a great Indian chief from the area. And he referred to himself as Redskin and all oh, that. Well, so I'm, that's I'm kind of like, okay. Okay. That's, that's not so bad, but that right. doesn't, it's, it's, it's still kind of like when a, a black rap singer drops the N word. Okay, good point. Good point. You know, point. it's still. I mean, and who are we? Uh, you know? Yeah, it's like okay, yeah. he, the artist thinks it's okay, and you, when a black person uses that word, you kind of let it slide. I still don't think it's right. Uh, well, okay. that that's and again, that's another podcast. But oh, okay, um, yeah. I actually have a buddy that did a fantastic podcast on that. I think. 
man, I think it was called the Green Tea Podcast. If anybody wants to look it up, those episodes are still out there. Um, and I believe it was called For the Culture. Okay. Um, and that that was some of the best. Uh, it's one of the one of the best podcasts to ever explain racism and really talk about what's going on and why in different points of view that I've ever heard in my life. And I remember listening to it and telling him, like, dude, you are an important voice in today's uh-huh. society for this stuff. Because that, that was, yeah, it, it was phenomenal. Like, like stuff, because, I mean, like, I think, I, you know, I, I know I've told you, but I mean, I grew up in an all-white neighborhood, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I, I didn't have any exposure to really to any other cultures other than when we did, like, our, our customs and stuff. So I was always raised to be curious. But I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff I didn't understand about racism until I moved south. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, I can just imagine. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But yeah. Okay, so so yeah, so like that, that scalper thing. <laughs> but then let's talk about Lover's Lane. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. I, is is that a thing? These I was going to ask the same thing because I remember <laughs> there being spots where everybody would go and park, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, go and park to make out. I'm like, wow, is that still a thing? And when did it stop? And I mean, right. honestly, I think that the police are just so good at you know policing everything now that mm. that's probably why it stopped. Um, but dude, when they're up at Lovers Lane. And he's got the blow-up doll, and he's, like, demonstrating every bra and how to remove it. I'm just watching. Yeah. It's just wow. like, oh, my goodness, this is so funny. You know? And, and what's even funnier is I actually had a female friend that, like, would, like, show me these things. She's like, oh, no, check this one out. You do this. Here. Like, like she was – she would have been the person, like, to teach people how to do this. Like, now oh, watch this, you know? Mm-hmm. It was it was hilarious, but then when they get to the end end of the of all the bras and the blow up doll just has the tassels. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh. uh-huh. yeah, it's it, it's so over the top, ridiculous. And again, mm-hmm. like, is anybody find that funny anymore? Um, you know, or are we pu- uh, pushing good taste? But- you know? No, no, I, I, I can't see why anyone would quote unquote get offended by by that. It's it's not normally my kind of humor, but I did I did kind of get a get, get a chuckle out of it because they're they're like learning the fine art of bra removals, you know. And yeah. when, when you're that age, oh, that's a okay. skill that you want when you're that. Yeah, age. yeah, you you kind of want you you kind of want that and. It's it's all part of life learning how to remove bras and like Aerosmith, you know, Aerosmith walked this way. You know, they that whole song is about living, you know, at that time of of your life, you know, where you're just starting to, you know, make your way through womanhood sort of, you know what I mean? Well, maybe, maybe that's not the right expression, but yeah, you're just really, really discovering women on that physical level. So I, I think that sequence, while, yeah, it's, it's kind of cheesy and not very funny, maybe, 
depending, you know, if you if you found funny or not. It's something that we can all relate to, at least all the guys. Well, I, I honestly think that everybody can relate to it, right? Because, I mean, like, let's, let's say your dude is into dudes, you know. Okay. You're going to be thinking, like, okay, what's the easiest way to get these pants off? You know. Well, you would already know because you're wearing the pants. Well, yeah, but every pair of pants is different, man. Like, you know, what if what if this is like like the khakis that have like that one little thing, but you've got the button Levi's, or what if it's a button fly? I can't believe we're having this conversation right now. Like, like strike that one up to things I would have never. I never. Yeah, when I woke yeah. up this morning. I know. We're talking about taking some guy's pants off. Well, I didn't see that one coming today. <laughs> but I mean, like, well, yeah, I guess I, you're right. I guess yeah. I, well, but I also see your point too. But yeah, you know, but but for that matter, then like, if you're a girl into girls, you would know how to take a bra off, or would you? Because you take your own off, but it's different taking it off somebody else. Someone else, yeah. yeah. There's there's a different perspective. Yeah. To it, there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Angel dust. Okay. The Ramones' oh, biggest fan. Yeah, the Ramones' biggest fan. Like, yeah, where where Randall end up says, "Oh, you're a groupie." <laughs> it's like, Ugh. yeah, I don't know. Is is that an expression? That's still got to be an expression. Oh, Not I think that- groupie still an exp- expression. Yeah, yeah. Not that Angel. Like, it was never proven that she's sleeping with any of the bands. Yeah, members. So. Okay, yeah, she was just a, re- a a really big fan as well. But yeah, that's someone you know a little over the top, but some somewhat relatable. Like you know, every band has that that fan that figures. You know, I'm you know the biggest fan of this band, and you know for some reason that's really important. You know, but when you're young like that, yeah, it kind of is. Well, and then like so, let's let, let let's get to okay. So we have Angel as a number one fan. Their tickets are taken by Togar, given away to charity, and then um, Riff and Kate win the tickets on a radio show that Tom hears. Right. Right. So he hears her win the tickets. He's all like, no. And then she calls him. Oh, Tom, we are in a horrible car accident. We have to have emergency surgery. <laughs> see you tomorrow at school. Bye. Like yeah. that part. The see you tomorrow at school. Like she's making this, this horrible thing happen. Like, oh no, we can't go out tonight. Like we're maimed. Blah, blah. See you tomorrow at school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. 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 <laughs> sure. For sure, yeah, and uh, yeah, I just shit. I actually kind of forgot how I was gonna follow that up. Okay, but yeah, sorry. Go on. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, like we were we were paused there for a second. So, um, <laughs> it, so then because of the charity thing, the nuns win the oh, tickets. So there's nuns right. to the Ramon show. And, and ju- just the whole people coming into the concert, like they had the mouse come in, like, hey, we've had mice blown up all day, and he's got headphones in his leather. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Vest. Oh, you got headphones on. Okay, yeah. go on. Yeah. Yeah, just the ridiculous stuff there. But then here, here's the, 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 like the hidden Easter egg for me. Do you know who that police chief is at the end? Oh, that was Dick Miller. Okay. 
But do you know like like what other movie I recognized him from? Um, I'm going to say like he's been in so many low budget horror movies. Well, yeah. um, but I'm gonna say probably for you it would yeah. be Terminator. Well, so no, but that's no, another okay. one. But I'm watching him and just the way he's talking and just his his character, I'm like why do I know this guy? Why do I know this guy? Why do I know this guy? He's Murray Fetterman from Gremlins. Okay, yeah, I I could see that. I I'm don't like, remember like, him. Mr. Fetterman! But... Like, as soon as it hit me, I'm like, oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah, oh no, he's been in a ton of, like, low-budget horror movies and all that. Yeah, he's in, in that realm. Like, he, the guy's like Elvis. You know, so... Yeah, it was really cool to see to see him in that. The the principal taking the tickets. Okay, and that also they did that that same gag years later in uh Detroit Rock City when the one when the lead's mom confiscated his friend's tickets as well. You know, like, "Oh, you you boys aren't going to see this devil music." Yeah. Yeah, you know, okay. My little snowy's in high school, okay? And she was to come home and say, my, you know, my ultra-conservative teacher, math teacher, confiscated my rock and roll tickets because it's the devil's music and all that. You know how fast I would be down there? Well, you would have because it was the 90s. Yeah. Right. Like and in I the seventies and eighties, yeah. most of the maybe, parents yeah, would have agreed not. with the teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, you know, unless that parent shelled out for the student, their offspring, a whole bunch of money for these tickets, and now they're 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 going to go to waste because you don't approve of the music. You know. I mean, that's that's the only way. You're you're right. I'm agreeing with you in 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 that way but if the parent has shelled out all this money for it you know you know i mean i'm wasting all my money yeah <laughs> well know? it's like my see my my dad would have been the same way but i also wouldn't have taken tickets to school with me yeah see that's you another know? thing i remember one of the times and this this wasn't in school i was just i was a being a temp a temporary employee at this this one company i was kind of in between gigs and kiss makeup kiss probably the first time with singer and uh what's his name sorry brain fart the new space oh tommy thayer 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 yeah, it was probably the first time that that incarnation of Kiss was coming through town, and one of my temporary co-workers had tickets that he just posted on the bulletin board right beside his station. Okay, because he was so proud of these tickets, he's all excited. And it's like, I'm only a temp here. You know, if I was a different person, when no one was around, I could have just Grab this guy's tickets. You know oh my I mean? goodness! Yeah, and I mean, considering people yeah. steal people's lunches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just thought this is the most ridiculous thing 
you know, that I've ever seen. Like, this guy's got a lot of faith in his coworkers. Yeah. But I just, like, obviously, I'm not that type of person. I couldn't do anything like that. But, yeah, yeah. It's just like, no, no, I, that, there's no way. Like, or if um, a teacher didn't like a book my daughter was reading or, like, a magazine that she didn't agree with or whatever and confiscated it yeah i would have okay was was she reading it in school no okay why did you take it away from her oh because it's got this this and this well i don't really care what you think give my daughter her shit back i would have been reading it in study hall i can tell you that right now <laughs> oh yeah i took so many uh Horror film magazines, Fangoria's, Gore Zone, Slaughterhouse, so many issues of Metal Forces. You know, I, I've I always had a magazine that some teacher, except the art teachers, you know, would object to. But because I'm not reading it, like in the middle of class and all that, like keep your grubby paws off them, you know. So yeah, yeah. Oh, what else? I think that's it, man. That's the end of my notes. (laughs) That's it. One of the things, okay, and once again, the suspension of disbelief, but when you saw the Ramones playing, first of all, they're they're on their way to the venue where... um, where the lineup for the for the tickets are. That's the first time that Randall meets the Ramones and all that. They're in the car <laughs> and they're okay. pl- and they're playing. Okay. And I'm like, I'm not a gearhead, you know, like this this is your territory, but how 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 are they playing these you know they're yeah, not, they're not in, and that and always bothered me. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, because I am that nerd. It drove me crazy. Like <laughs> Honestly, this last time I watched it is the first time I've been able to watch it and not have that bother me. Okay. Like years of therapy at this point to get over yeah. this. Like, how, how are they playing this? How, you know, and when they're when they're walking down the street playing, you know, yeah, they're they they're were. walking through the high school as well as the movie's, you know, meeting its big climax. They weren't. I, I've finally yeah. been able to just accept that as part of the fun and ridiculousness. It's just, yeah. It's taken yeah. years, Snowy. Yeah. Years. And then finally, da 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 da. Here's the big spoiler and and all that, but. You know, at the end, at the end of the movie, the student body is like, fuck you, Togar and Randall, the old school Bugs Bunny TNT, where you push the lever down. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, And she blows the school up. Okay, and I'm looking at this. It's like, okay, well, she's going to jail the rest of her life, you know. Right. (laughs) You know, and this, you know, there's Alice Cooper's schools out in the background. And I'm, I'm into it. I get it. Okay, they're tearing this school part you know it's the big fuck you authority you know but oh yeah there are people going to jail over this for (laughs) for a long time but you know it's the end of the movie so all that doesn't matter anymore Uh, and all that it's it's the perfect way to wrap it up you know i really think 
and this is like in the day and age of of Netflix and Prime and Paramount Plus and all that, where they're making exclusive content. I really, I really think a prequel, a Riff Randall and Kate Rambeau prequel from maybe twelve to, you know, I guess seventeen, you know, those those ages where the the story is that Randall discovers rock and roll and punk rock and all that. She's, you know, goes in this direction. Rambo is still the, the nerdy girl. Okay. But it's, it, they still remain friends. I, I would like a, a prequel miniseries. I think it'd be funnier to do like, like a, a post, right. And, you know, they're in their thirties and Kate is now like, you know, the bikini kill front man, uh, and Riff Randall's working <laughs> in an accounting firm somewhere and they oh. connect one night and, you know, brings Randall's craziness back out. There we are. Okay. okay. There is one more thing about this film I want to talk about. Okay. And this is pretty significant, right? Because the whole point of this is to be a silly teen film like the silly teen films of the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Roger Corman was an executive oh. producer of this film and he wanted to do a modern version of those types of films. Right. So for our listeners, Roger Corman, here's a selected, um, discography here. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll go with not of this earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Damn it. I just saw it. Creature from the Haunted Sea. Uh-huh, yeah. Pit in the Pendulum. Little Shop of Horrors. House of Usher. Uh, let's see here. Death Sport. Frankenstein Unbound. Right. Um, apparently, the original 1954 Fast and the Furious. Um, let's see here. There's another one. Obviously, Rock and Roll High School. No, all, uh, all, all sorts. Amazing. Like, yeah. Like his, his, his filmography, and it's all low-budget, campy-type cult. Yeah, um, cult, cult classics. And, and he was a fiction. master of it. Yeah. So, oh, I mean... For sure. Everything about this movie just screams so much cult classic. It's... It's so Ramones, man. It's so <laughs> Ramones. And, and just and it's just so cemented in history. You know, it has its place now forever. Yeah, yeah. We obviously, um we're, we'll both give Rock and Roll High School the horns up. It's it's obviously both the long favorites of ours and it's well recommended. I'm sorry if we spoiled some of this for some of our young younger listeners. But still, go find the DVD. Um, and if not, you, like you said, it. I know it's available on some streaming outlets. I just I haven't had to uh, to go there yet. So yeah, it's definitely available. You want to get into some tunes here? Absolutely, man. Okay, how about some Marky Mark? Marky Mark. Oh my Marky God. Mark and the Funky Bunch. Uh, yes. How about some Mark, Mark, Marky Ramone and the Intruders? 
let's get into some of that. That the intruders, okay, was he's the last of the original Ramones, at least from back in the day, and that's one of his short-lived bands in the '90s. Um, one of their two records, um, self-titled record, the vocalist for the intruders was none other than Todd youth from Murphy's law. So yeah, that's a really cool piece there. Let's go with Marky Ramon and the intruders with coward with a gun. Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? 
when on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. was the Ramonas. Okay, yes, a very, very, as you heard, a very, very Ramones-influenced all-female type band from their most recent record, Haphazard. That was a loser. Great stuff, great stuff. That track, go on to um, Bandcamp, that song should be available now for the um pay what you will whatever give them a couple bucks the 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 ramonas are a lot of fun as you just kind of heard like that's and like the the ramones in general just have to be one of the most tributed type bands uh hey you know like um like you you know what a tribute band is like it, that's probably a rumor about tribute bands. yeah yeah um i'm sure did we do a whole episode about this oh i'm sure i'm sure because it's just not a really big thing for me okay but like 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 the ramones has to be one of the most tributed bands like ever because the music okay is short two minutes you know two chords or whatever just get right right to right to the point it's some of the most fun music to play and that too yeah yeah like you know like like even like when i was teaching guitar even kids who weren't necessarily into punk 
I could put on a Ramones song and be like, we're going to learn this. Because the Ramones, at their essence, is take Chuck Berry, take out all the fancy guitar work, and speed that motherfucker up. That's mm-hmm. the Ramones. Yeah. It's that same spirit. It's that vibe. It's just fine. You know? <laughs> Musically and lyrically. Yeah, even, even when they're being serious, you know, they're still fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my all time favorite Ramon song is Pet Cemetery. Oh, and that I is. want to be buried. Yeah, that is not. That is not a you know, a traditional type Ramon song, but it's amazing. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah. Oh, it's like easy in my top five, like any, any, any band, any, any era and at all, you know, it's, it's, it's easy. Uh, but it's that time, dude, once again, sorry to our indie spotlight. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to, forego it i'm sure we'll get uh to it next next week um let's get on out of here the new iron flame record is available now compendium really really cool stuff i was given that a spin it's like okay which which song should i choose and it's like okay if i don't if we don't drop the song wolfen Aaron's going to be pissed at me. So let's go out with Iron Flames Wolfen to get this uh, crazy train into the station. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, radioactivemetal.org, all the episodes past, present, and future, facebook.com slash radmetal, um, at radmetal666 on Instagram. Which I'm thinking about posting a picture I took of me in a very weird hat. I need to send it to you for your approval. Um, because I call it Disco Rob Halford. Um, right on. But let's see here. So though, so drop us a line, radmetal666 at gmail.com. Man, you can find this podcast anywhere on the internet. We dare you not to find it. I mean, we're on iTunes, Speakers, Stitcher, Spreaker, whatever, whatever aggregator you can find right we're there mm-hmm. um we're also on spotify and the reason we're on spotify is thanks to the fine folks at the shiny wizards network shinywizardsnetwork.com um go out there check them out whole host of other podcasts and just man fun shows you know a wrestling mm-hmm. night in canada's there snowy's other 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 show here um, psychology today will be our next podcast <laughs> um or maybe we should just you know you know, be more direct and just call it uh, fucking wackadoos. Um, there we are. Something like that, you know. But, you know, check out the Shining Wizards. You know, whether whether you're into the wrestling thing or not, I think you're going to find stuff out, out there that you enjoy. It's just a oh, great time. Def- definitely, definitely. And I don't normally, I'm not, I don't normally go into detail. Yeah, we plug Wrestling Night in Canada as part of the Shining Wizards Network, but. I do want to, by the time this episode comes up, our latest Wrestling Night in Canada should be up. It is definitely a listen, like even if you have just a minor passing fancy 
with pro wrestling, you're going to want to give this episode a listen because we dive deep into all of this stuff, all of the allegations, the NDAs, all of the sick fucking shit that's been going on with the whole Vince McMahon thing. And I get quite animated about it. You will see a side of your cool Uncle Snowy that you might not normally see because obviously this is something to get very passionate about. So, yeah, you're going to want to, you know, on the Shining Wizards Network or wherever you get your podcast ag- aggravators. I'm trying to figure yeah. out how that stayed so quiet. I haven't heard much about it other than it's... the initial news story. Um, and, I mean, you've talked about it. Mm-hmm. But, but that's really the only other time I've heard anything talked about it. Well, it, for, it first came out that, okay, there was some NDAs. And, you know, when you're a rich, rich billionaire and all that, you have a way of keeping things quiet. That's very true. You know? And, yeah, he kind of dropped the ball, wasn't doing everything on his part, thankfully, because all of this shit has come out. And it's a really sick, sordid story. And it's 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 something everyone should know. Okay, and we definitely did our part. So yeah, in the meantime and in between time, that's it. This is a fuck you, Togar episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. This is Aaron, and please remember to always kick out the jams, motherfuckers. <laughs> Signing off.